This is an ABC podcast. This is the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up. I'm Kaya Handley, dishing up the local stories you need to know about today. When you're 18, 19, everyone has a story of when something's gone wrong, but no one seems to know anyone that's done anything wrong. It was just about getting that conversation out there. You might find it tricky to talk to kids about consent, but it's really important. Let's do that together and take an icy winter plunge. You feeling brave? Let's get into it. Can we talk about consent? I don't know about you, I get frustrated with how much confusion there still is around consent. If it's not a yes, it's a no. Everyone should feel comfy in any situation to say no without ramifications, but it's not the case. And because of that, laws have been updated. Do you want to keep going? No, let's go back to the party. That's how you do it. Check consent every time. You might have seen these new ads from the New South Wales government. From today, the 1st of June, there are changes to consent laws. They're called affirmative consent laws. You can't assume consent. It must be given clearly. And if a person says nothing, then by law, consent has not been given. But new laws don't always change behaviour and that's where Newcastle's Liv Bell comes in. She is so passionate about consent education. She started workshops for youth in The Hunter. But she's not targeting who you might think. When it's covered in high school, it's covered in regard to sex. And it's talked about as a moment and as almost a checkbox, I suppose. But I think something like consent, it needs to start younger. It needs to be a value that is as instilled in kids as something like respect or honesty with it's just what you do rather than a single moment before you have sex. Liv works with primary school students to start this conversation early. First, we talk about what it is and what it means for them. And a lot of the time we talk about it while doing other activities. You know, sitting kids down and talking at them isn't effective (laughs) and it's not going to be. When you're playing dolls or cars or whatever you're doing, Make it as a character scenario, like put it in there so it, it's not a kind of stick them in the car and lock them in there so they can't escape conversation. It's normal. Now, it does feel like a lot of consent conversation is wrapped up in sex and intimacy and all those very adult things. But Liv says it's so much more than that. When parents or these children's grown-ups see the word consent and boundaries and body autonomy, it almost scares them in a sense because... Mm. You know, when you think about consent, you think about sex and what I'm doing has realistically nothing to do with that. But when I kind of explain and explain what I'm doing, it's almost like a light bulb moment. Like, yeah, of course that's needed. What does that look like for your young people, for your family, for when you're interacting with people in your life? Say Christmas lunch. You know, you have family you might not have seen in a while and they all have affection for, say, this child and they all want to show their love. And often that's done by physical affection, by hugs, by kissing. There isn't a lot of regard taken into what that child actually wants. To be honest, we can all be better at this, at checking in, not assuming what you're comfortable with, someone else is comfortable with, no matter the age or situation. Liv says by doing that, we all become advocates for ourselves and for others. You know, it's not a child's responsibility to communicate their consent needs. You know, when you're around the, the children in your life, 
it's being their voice, it's being their advocate, even if it makes other people uncomfortable, because often it will do. You know, telling your auntie or your grandma that they don't get to, to hug little Florence right now because she says no. You know, it's always been a given because that's how society's been. So it's being that voice, being the advocate for the children in your life. You know, this is when it comes into like confidence and self-esteem in our young people that they don't always feel like they're worth saying no. And it's just easier to kind of get it done and then leave. PFAS contamination has been devastating for the Williamtown community. This chemical pollutant that was used on army bases locally and around Australia has been potentially linked to a range of health issues and has proven pretty much impossible to remove from the environment. That's been really hard for locals to live with. With all we know in science, what makes PFAS such a tricky chemical? It's an interesting chemical where the the bonds that bind it all together are just so strong that nothing in the environment can break them down. That's Christopher Dunks, the Managing Director and CEO of Australian company Synergen Met. They reckon they've come up with a new way to get rid of PFAS from the environment for good. We've come up with a way of first concentrating out that PFAS when it's in liquid and then we basically expose the the molecules to very high temperatures and we do some cool chemistry and physics and we turn it into a a non-toxic material, which is calcium fluoride, and so that we get rid of the, the actual PFAS molecule that's causing all these problems. It's a big claim. But this process has been developed over a 14-year period to tackle this problem. And the really promising thing for communities like Williamtown, this process is portable. This can all be located on the site where it's being processed or we can actually destroy that PFAS on our own site. So we're setting up a site in Brisbane where we can take that contaminant away from where it's being produced, the the concentrated PFAS. We can remove that from the site and we can take it onto our own facility and destroy it. It's been proven on a scale that, that you could roll out on plants, say at Williamtown or you know wherever else there's PFAS in liquids. It works on a level that, that can really have a big impact to these communities and environments where there's, where there's PFAS. This is good news, right? A positive for the people of Williamtown. Well, yes, it's been a long process, but Christopher says it's really promising. Interestingly, in research and, and in development of technologies to deal with complicated chemicals like this, there's probably going to be new tech that's going to be developed over the next 10, 15, 20 years that will, will also be successful. But when it comes to looking at liquids, you know, we can apply this right now. And we've, we've run some very successful trials on some very, very difficult liquids where the PFAS concentrations have been pretty challenging, but we managed to get it all out and, you know, we're ready to rock and roll. Fingers crossed this tech could destroy PFAS in the near future. This week, we have had some wild weather around the Hunter, but today we can call it, it is officially winter. And some much braver people than me went out first thing to celebrate with a dip in the ocean baths. Nathaniel Little went down to find out from swimmers like Tina how it feels to take the icy plunge. It's terrifying but exhilarating (laughs) and you feel absolutely amazing for the whole day afterwards. (laughs) And today's the first day of winter so you've got to celebrate. (laughs) Is it easy to get out of bed? No. (laughs) None of it's easy but then it's worth it. (laughs) You think it's so cold, it's so cold, it's so cold and then you get in and it's cold and then you think oh it's okay. You've been in, you've, you've been out. How many laps did you do? I only did six, but then I thought I was only going to do two or four, and that always happens. <laughs> it's a bit too cold to stay in too long, and I do have to go to work. So 
<laughs> um, but it's just nice to turn up and do something, even if it's not much. <laughs> oh, I can feel the freeze just listening to that. But for people like Paul, it's also good for mental and physical health. Uh, it sort of just um, gives you a good start to the day. All the worries you've had over the night and sleeping, this, uh, when you hit the water, just breaks it. <laughs> you don't think about it. <laughs> You're thinking about swimming and getting out of here. <laughs> Plus it keeps you healthy at my age. And for Sam, it's about the challenge but mostly the bragging rights. I was determined to come here for the first day of winter, so I'm so glad the sun's out and it's beautiful. It's, it's colder outside than it is inside. But today being the first day of winter was a must-do. Definitely, just so I could, like, the smugness levels at work today, I can just boast about it all day long and just feel superior to everyone else. So. Had you told people that you might be doing this? I did on Monday. I was like, I'm coming here, first day of winter. I'm going to jump in and I'll be telling you all about it in the morning. All right. You up for it? Let's all take a plunge in the ocean this winter. <laughs> so now you know. Those are the key stories for the Hunter region for today. Tell your buddies and remember to subscribe to the Newcastle Hunter Catch-Up in the ABC Listen app or where you get your podcasts. We'll be back tomorrow with your wrap of the news you need to know in Newcastle and the Hunter. 